0: Amen. Thank you, sir. Well, I wrote this week in the newsletter about worry, and some of you read the article, but for those of you who didn't see it or didn't read it, let me tell you the story. And it involves one of these. When my daughter was born, and we brought her home from the hospital, and every night, when we would begin to put that precious little girl into the crib, it overwhelmed me, worry. I was worried to death as I had to place my daughter in the crib and, and, and that worry just kind of consumed me every night because I wasn't in control once I placed her in here and walked away. And every night as I would do that, I would begin to worry about what would happen. And so I began early on to pray. And and every night since then, I have prayed the same prayer over my children, night after night, year after year. It's a simple prayer, but it was one that helped bring me peace and to help let go of that worry. I had to start praying that prayer quickly after she was born. And Charlie and and Kayla both preached on this idea of worry last week and and what happens when we worry. Because when I would place her in the crib, I would begin to get those what ifs. You've been there. What if something goes wrong in the night? What if she doesn't wake up? What if there's a fire and I can't get to her? All of these what ifs that would just kind of build up inside of me and and, and I was worried and I I didn't know how to let go of that. Any of you relate to the what ifs in life? Charlie reminded us last week of one of those lies of worry. Remember what that first lie was? That worry is helpful. Uh, I can tell you standing over her crib worrying was not helpful. It didn't help me. It didn't help her. It, it made my heart race. It, and it, it was constant. It, night after night, worry would, would creep into my soul. But I treated that worry as if it was helpful. And, and we talked about how uh, with worry, we treat it often like duct tape. We put a little here, we put a little there, and, and we hope it'll kind of hold our life together. But the truth is, worrying is more like a noose that holds us back and, and strangles us. If we let it, and we looked last week at how the Bible says that worry isn't helpful. It's rather, rather, it's sinful and, and worry is pride in disguise. And I'm fascinated by that idea that worry is pride in disguise because when I put my daughter in this crib and had to walk away, I felt like I wasn't in control. Was I in control to begin with? No, but my pride thought I'm in control. I want to control this. Worry is pride uh, in disguise. And so back to me standing over my daughter's crib. It was in the act of placing her in that crib that I felt that deepest sense of inadequacy. And I knew I really wasn't in control. And that's hard to face sometimes when we're not in control. However, I wanted that control. So this was this testing of my faith. In these early days of my daughter's life. I knew though, intellectually up here, that God was in control. But I didn't feel it here, right? I didn't have that sense that God was in control. And so I had to remind myself again of God's goodness and grace. That he was watching over her. And and that he wanted the best for her as well. So I began to pray that same prayer over and over, night after night. And it helped Five years later, when my son was born, the same sense of being out of control came up again. But this time I had had some practice in in kind of letting go. And I began to say that same prayer over him that I prayed over my daughter. It reminded me not to worry. I would pray, oh Lord, thank you for my children. What a blessing they are. Watch over and protect them as they sleep tonight. Fill them with your love and spirit so they always walk in you and guide us as we seek to raise them. In you. It's a simple prayer, but there's something in that prayer that would help me let go. That has been my prayer every night for the past 18 years. And I've learned a lot in in praying that prayer and giving that worry back to God. And that brings us to the second lie that worry tells us, and that's this worry is love. Worry is love. Now, how many of you have believed this lie? I know, I think every mother in the room has lived out this lie. And probably, I know my mom has said it before. You know, I I worry because I love you. Uh, But the reality is, we shouldn't be worrying about our children. Because worry, as we said, is a sin. Now, I know that's uncomfortable for many of us to hear that. And some of you might be disagreeing. With me, but that's all right. We're going to kind of flesh this out because uh, uh, we talked. Charlie talked last week about what we're looking at. There is a difference between worry and concern, and, and and there's a subtlety in that difference. And we have to learn how to walk not in the path of worry, but to walk more in the path of concern. Let's look at the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language to get a a better definition of the two. When we talk about worry, here's the definition that comes up, is to feel uneasy or concerned. Even the word concern is in the definition of worry. Uh, To be uneasy or concerned about something, to be troubled, to seize something with the teeth and bite or tear repeatedly, to attack roughly and repeatedly, to harass. Now I can relate to harass because worry harasses me at times. But let's compare that to concern. Concern means to be of interest or importance to, to engage the attention of, to involve, regard for, or interest in someone or something. Can you see there's a a difference between the two? One focuses on the negative, and the other focuses on the negative on the positive, and it focuses on engaging. One focuses on the problem, and one focuses on seeking to find a solution. Author Caleb Succo puts it this way. He says, I like to use the word concern to convey the positive aspects of focusing on a potential problem with the intent to solve it in a beneficial way. On the other hand, I use the word worry to convey the negative aspects of fretting over the future. I have found that God's word also gives us a similar dichotomy. And so in the New Testament, we see the same idea. There's a a Greek word. It's called merimna. It is often translated as both worry and concern, and it depends on its context and how it is worry or how it is concern. We see this in Matthew's gospel when Jesus states in Matthew 625, the Sermon on the Mount, he says this, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. That's the negative where Jesus is saying, don't worry. But we also see it translated positively in a different context. We see that in Paul's writing in several places. Uh, in, In Philippians, we read this. I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. So what does that mean for us, this difference? Well, I'm glad you asked. Both in the English and in the Greek, in the Bible we see that it's our focus that determines the difference between sinful worry and helpful concern. So let me expand even more. When we think of concern versus worry, in concern, we're focused on the other. In worry, we're focused on ourselves. As I'm standing over the crib, I was worried. What was my worry? That something might happen to her, that she might not wake up, that she would pass away, right? There's so many families that have lost children. There was a worry, but what was I really worried about? What would happen to me if she was gone? That was my main worry. Concern is what is going to happen to her. But my focus was more on how am I going to deal with it? Worry is self-centered. Concern is focused on the other. Uh, Concern motivates us to serve. It motivates us to action. Worry puts up barriers that keep us from serving. Concern promotes constructive action versus worry which paralyzes us. You ever been paralyzed by worry where you just can't do anything? You just sit there and your brain just is engaged but you don't do anything? Concern is welcomed by others and strengthens relationships Versus worry is not welcomed by others and weakens relationships. I often see this with teenage moms and sons and daughters where concern helps to strengthen the relationship but worry puts up a barrier and the kid is just like, stay away. I don't want that. Concern is driven by love. Worry is driven by fear. Concern is goal to help Worry is goal to control. Concern is strengthened by faith. Worry is overwhelmed and, and has a weakened faith and has doubt. So we can see it's just a subtle difference, but it makes all the difference in the world. I don't think any of us want to be anxious or worried. I don't think any of us want to damage relationships by trying to control them with fear and doubt, but but the reality is there is plenty in the world that causes us to slip into worry. So how do we stay in a place of healthy concern and avoid the trap and the sin of worry? The answer I think is found in part in verse seven of our text that we read earlier from first Peter. Peter says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on Jesus because he cares for you. So what does that look like? How do we cast that anxiety on God? I think a lot of it is beginning with honest prayer and thankful worship. And let me explain. The verb in the verse where it says cast all your anxiety on him, it's better translated in the Greek as casting your care. It's a continual, it's not a one-time event and you're done. It's a continual casting your care. uh, Let's go back to the crib to illustrate. Every night I have to cast my anxiety on God. It wasn't a, I'll do it one time, I'll pray one time, and then it's done. It was a nightly, it's a daily casting my anxiety on God and letting him take that and being honest with him in prayer I had to do it every night. Not just one night, constant, every night for the past 18 years. Casting our cares before God, casting our anxiety before God should be a continual part of our prayer life. We cannot just simply ask God to to keep our kids safe or oversee our finances, we have to admit our weakness, admit our fears, confess our temptations to believe that we are in control. Because a lot of times that's what it boils down to. We want to be in control and we aren't. And so we have to be honest before God in prayer. And then we must ask God to help us do what we can do and trust God to do what only he can do. That's the other part of worry and anxiety that trips us up is is we wanna take on the role of God And we want to do his part, that's the control, right? And not do the part that we can control. What's the part we can control when it comes to my child in the crib at night? I can make sure they're well fed. I can make sure they have a blanket, that they have a place to sleep. That's what I can control. I can't control what happens beyond that. That's God. And to let go of that control and give it back to God, that's the casting part. That's that continual part. We must do what we can do and trust God to do what only he can do. But I love the verse, that verse seven, because it has such a beautiful ending. And we have to remember this one as well. It says, because he cares for you. One of the ways that our enemy Satan tries to stir up worry in our lives is by convincing us that God is uninvolved or doesn't care that we care more than he does. Therefore, one of the most powerful tools to fight back this temptation to worry is worship. Is worship. Worship reminds us that God's power is powerful and it celebrates how much he cares for us. So it is in the act of coming together in worship and acknowledging who God is that we can push back that fear of anxiety. I love the quote from Louis Giglio. He says this, worry and worship cannot exist in the same space. One always displaces the other. Choose worship. Worry and worship cannot exist in the same space. See, when we come before God with a proper sense of worship, acknowledging him, it pushes away that worry, right? But if we don't, if we come in and we're not properly acknowledging who God is, and that we want to be in control and that it's all up to us, then that worry begins to fester. Now I've come a long way in faith and trust in God over the years as my children have grown. But as I said in the newsletter article, my faith was tested again last week as I dropped my baby girl off at college. And I got to that line which I pray every night And guide us as we seek to raise her in you. My guiding days are coming to a close. And I had that overwhelming sense again of I'm not in control. She's not coming home tonight. She's out there, wherever there is. But again, it was such a great thing. Because why? Because I'd practiced the art of prayer and casting my care for 18 years. So it was a moment, but it was just a moment. And then I let it go. God, I know that just as you have watched over her for the past 18 years, you will continue to watch over her. The casting of cares on God never ends. But I trust God, because he's good. I bring my word to God through my prayers, and through worship. So this morning we're gonna put these tools into practice. Prayer and worship. So just close your eyes for a moment and I want you to think about whatever is causing you to worry this morning. Maybe it's your health or your children, your finances, a, a relationship, School, aging, the future. What is it that that overwhelms us at times? Cast that on Jesus. Share with him your fears, your worries, your anxieties. Admit to him your temptation to stress out or to be paralyzed by it. And ask him to show you what you can and cannot control. There's very little that we can control. But there's a lot that God can do if we will allow him to move in our midst. Help us to worship him in spirit and truth, knowing that he is truly God because he cares for us. We're gonna sing, be still my soul. And as we sing, may this hymn be your prayer. Cast your care on God as you worship him this morning.